morning to everybody. What a beautiful day God has given us, the rain. I woke up and it's just so peaceful when rain is falling down on a metal roof. Uh, I'm eternally grateful for a God that created everything that he did uh, for his purpose and his being. But if you would please bow your heads with me and start in a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful. Lord, though we're gathered few in numbers, Lord, we're large in spirit. God, calling your spirit this morning to have an effectual difference in our lives, Lord, to, to lead us, to guide us, to teach us and show us, Lord. Lord, that we might live a better life for you as you commanded us. God, that you might show us the things that we're missing out on. God, that you might give us the joy and hope that comes through the salvation of your Son. Lord, I pray today, Lord, if there's anybody that doesn't know that hope, has not received your Son as Savior, Lord, that their hearts would be changed today. God, that you would put a burden on them that they can't bear. Lord, that they would confess, repent, and give honor and glory to you. God, let today be that day. Lord, let us forever change. Lord, let our country continue to point back to you. Lord, help us be changed. Lord, I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, and I pray for each and every one of them this morning that they would stay safe. Lord, that they would stay healthy. And Lord, that they would pull that joy out that you give them. Even though we can't be together, Lord, that we might unite in spirit, covered in one blood, through one Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ. In this holy and precious name we pray. Amen. I'm going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 this morning. Uh, I titled the sermon today, Let Us Be Changed. You know, I talked last week, uh, and I just, I really think that when we read God's Word and, and we've accepted Christ as our Savior, that we didn't need to allow His Spirit to guide us through His Word and to effectually change us. Guys, even unbelievers and people that don't believe in God can read this book, but it won't have an effectual change on their life. We need to swallow and digest and meditate on God's Word and apply it to our lives. That's what God has called us to. And guys, this message this morning is it's a little... Uh, Foregoing and it's a, it's a little hard, but I promise you that it comes out of love that we as God's children have to start waking up to what God's Word says. And we have to allow God to change us. Because a lot of times, in a lot of different ways, we, we want to throw out excuses to doing God's work and to doing God's will and, and being in God's purpose. We say that we're too tired or that we're wore out or that we're burnt out. But are you burning out from doing God's work or are you burn out from chasing your own desires? Are you seeking out the things that God has for you or are you seeking out the things that you have for yourself? I heard a pastor this week that I was listening to. One of the things that he said really hit me. And he said, if you go chasing after your own pleasures, you better make sure those pleasures are good enough to be your God. Because anything that you put before God becomes your idol, becomes your worship, becomes your place of safe haven. And we see 
a lot of times in the Bible where God allows us to choose things, choose things over Him, and then we always fall short of. And that pastor was saying that anything that we choose over God, can it save us? Can it heal us? Can it pull us out of the grave? And if it can't do those things, then it is not our God, nor should it be placed before our God. I thought that was a very good point, and it just kind of added to the fact that we read God's Word a lot of times, and we set goals that we're going to read the Bible in a year, and I'm going to read so many chapters today, and we try to get in on the quantity and not the quality. If you read three chapters this morning, that's great. But did it change you? Did you meditate on it? Did you swallow it down? Is it written on your heart? Or did you read one verse and the Holy Spirit started talking to you and you are forever changed? Guys, that's what I'm talking about this morning. We have to start allowing God's Word to change us. For too many years, we've followed this hollow thing that if we're reading Scripture, that we're doing our part. But you can read a whole bunch of Scripture without seeking God. You can have a whole lot of knowledge without ever having wisdom. And these are the things that God wants us to have. He wants us to have wisdom, and He wants us to have joy. But guys, we have to start allowing God's Word to change our lives. Look how the world changes our lives. What if we all of a sudden started allowing God's Word to change our lives as much as the world changes our lives? I can tell you for a while we wouldn't be in this predicament that we are in right now. If we allow the, the Word of God to change our lives as much as we allow the world to change our lives, God, I, I promise you that we wouldn't be in this spot as we are now. Because for too many years, we as a church have showed up on Sunday and showed up on Wednesday without effectually seeking the Lord. Because He said, if you want to find me, seek me. If you come here just to put in your time, you're never going to be found because you're not looking for Him. Come to church looking for the Word of God, for the power of the Holy Spirit to fall on you. Guys, that is what I'm talking about. That's what God's talking about. You can stand at the door forever and it'll never be opened if you never knock. That's what I'm talking about. You can read this book, but if you read it just to get through it as fast as you can, it's never going to change you. You can talk about God all you want. You can sing all the praises that you want. But if you don't have Christ as Savior and the Holy Spirit doesn't dwell inside of you, you're going to get to that final day and He's going to say, Depart from me. I never knew you. So that's why I'm here today that I'm explaining the fact that we have to start allowing God's Word to change us. We have to allow the Spirit to teach us and guide us through it. I don't understand everything that there is in here, guys. But what I do understand is God wants a God. He wants a, a children to seek after Him, to pursue Him, to praise Him, to honor Him. If you're just here to put in your time, you're not getting it. If you're just reading it to say that you've read it, you're not getting it. Guys, if you're opening up your heart because you want to be different, because you want to be Christ-like, because you want to be a follower of the Christ example that He gave for us as He walked this earth, 
We have to start seeking Him wholeheartedly. I believe that that is the difference. See, God is always looking for a people that will seek Him wholeheartedly. And whenever His children would start to look after other things and fall into idolatry and start seeking after other things, He would let them go for a while. And then whenever they would start turning back to Him and they would start seeking Him, He would pull His children out. See, he's not giving up on us. Just because they wandered around in the wilderness, he still supplied the manna so that they might survive. He doesn't give up on his children, but he wants us to seek him. He wants us to look to him. He wants us to rely on him in every aspect of our lives, not just a little. I'm going to get into the scripture here, but guys, this is a powerful word this morning. This, this is a powerful word that God gave me really early in the week, and I've been meditating on it and chewing on it all week, guys, and I believe that there is power here. So starting in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, we have received mercy, we faint not. See, I'm going to stop right there because a lot of times we want the mercy without the ministry. We want to receive God's grace and God's mercy, but we don't want to have to do anything. See, he says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. We receive a ministry whenever we receive Christ as Savior. Because he tells us that we must go out and we must tell other people. Once we know, we need to let everybody else know. And see, so it's not about what you want. It's about what God wants. It's not about how you feel. See, I didn't feel like being up here today. It's not my choice. God wanted me here, so here I am. It's not about whether you're burnt out or you're tired, because I guarantee you, Jeremiah, as he was put in a torture device, did not want to be there. But he said, but the word of God burns in my bones. A burning inside of him. A, the power of God has overtaken him that he can't control his own destiny, that God controls his destiny. See, how many people were persecuted for the saying of God's word and the teaching of God's word because they weren't looking after themselves? They weren't too tired to get up to go to church this morning. If God wanted them there, they went. Because it wasn't about what they wanted. It was about what God wanted. That's what we have to get back to as God's children. It's not about what the kid wants. It's about what the parent wants for their child. See, God puts a purpose on us. We have purpose. Once we receive Christ, we have a purpose in life. So are we allowing God's word to dictate our purpose? Are we still seeking after our own purpose and our own goals and our own values? Are we seeking after what God has for us? So I'm going to read verse 1 again. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Do you think they got tired? 
You think Peter got tired of being arrested? You think Paul got tired of being beaten and being arrested? I guarantee you he did. But he said, count it all joy because, brothers, I'm not staying here. This pain is yet temporary for the joy and the hope that is set before me to come. See, this tiredness where I don't feel like it or it's not my time. When is it time? Well, that's not my calling. What is your calling? Well, that's not really what I'm into. What are you into? See, that's the thing is, it may not be your time, but if it's God's time, you go. You may want to serve side by side with your husband, but if God calls you to serve on a different playing field, then you serve on a different playing field. See, because it's not about what our heart wants and desires. It should be about what God desires for us. That's what I'm talking about. Allowing God's word to change your life. It should change the direction. It should change your purpose. It should change your conversation. It should change your relationship. It should change everything about you. See, God's salvation for us that he created through his son is not just some lousy contract that God has to abide by. That's what I'm talking about. Receiving a savior and then saying I can do whatever I want to but I would question if you allowed God to change you from the start. I'll never question anyone's salvation. That's between you and God. But I'm telling you, if it doesn't change the way you do things, if it doesn't change the way that you love people, if it doesn't change your mindset, if it doesn't change your actions, I would question it to start with. But you see, there needs to be a burning inside of us, and that burning is the Holy Spirit that we receive when we receive Christ and salvation. And guys, I tell you this out of love because I don't want you to get to the end of your race and you're standing before God in the judgment and he says, depart from me, I never knew you. See, this is important right here and right now. Because we don't know when that time is going to be, but one thing that we know is that time will be. We don't know if it's 20, 30, 40 years from now. We don't know if it's 500 years from now. I don't know if it's this afternoon. But one thing I do know is that I want you to be ready for it. See, it needs to have an effectual change. God's word needs to change you. Because we can't just go seeking out the mercy without the ministry. It doesn't work like that. Going on in the verse 2, it says, But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. See, a lot of times we want that salvation, but we don't want the repentance. Just like I said, we want the mercy, but we don't want the ministry. We want to stand here and we want to say that we're children of God, but we're not going to follow God. We're not going to allow God to be our Lord. You know, that's one of the things that the devil wants. 
See, when I say God, I say Lord God because Lord God is controller of my life. But see, the devil would love for me to just say God. Because if he's just God, then he's not controller of my life and I do what I want. But when I say Lord God, that's giving him power and authority over me. And I'm in submission and humbleness and meekness. In verse 3, it says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded. Who's the God of this world? That's Satan. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake. See, they're talking about here how we don't preach ourselves, we preach Christ crucified. If that's the only thing you know, then that's good enough. If you know Christ crucified, then you have a testimony that you can share with those that don't know. See, if you don't tell people the good news, the truth, that God sent His Son to die on a cross for our sins, and He was raised the third day, then you're not hurting yourself. You're hurting everyone around you that might not know. Guys, we're accountable for the things that we do and we don't do. And James, it says, even the things that we know to do and don't, it is still a sin. See, we know these things. We know that we should tell people about the gospel, the good news of Christ dying for us. But just because we wake up and we don't feel like it, because that's not my calling, because that's not where I'm going to spend my time today, you are living an I life. You're living for yourself. Your own goals have become your idols. See, that's what bothers me. Because if we stand in front of this disease, and you may have people standing there saying that, I don't believe in things that I can't see. You can't see this disease. You can't see, the, you can see the effects of it, but you can't see it. See, what I'm saying is, guys, is that we have to allow God's Word to change us. We have to start living a life that serves the Lord and not ourselves. That's where our country got to. I told a bunch of people from the get-go, this COVID has really shown me how arrogant our country is. See, we believe that nothing can take our economy down. We believe that there's nothing in this world powerful enough to sink our country. Guys, I am all country. I support the USA. I am proud to live where I do. I wouldn't choose to live anywhere else. And I support our government, and I support our president, and our military, and I pray for them daily. But to stand here and believe that there's nothing that can overtake us, that there's nothing to collapse us, is just... I'm at a loss for words. It's, it's just crazy. It's arrogant to believe that we can't be brought to our knees, that we're bigger than anything else. But see, just like my past, it's not bigger than God. 
My past is not bigger than God's mercy. My past is not bigger than God's grace. And my future lies in God's hands. And a lot of people ask the question, why is God allowing this to happen? That's a difficult question, guys. But ultimately, we have to believe that God has our good. Our best interest at heart because he loves his children. He loves us. Guys, this whole country is changing right now. I've had people call me and tell me that they were in quarantine and that they got their Bible out for the first time in years. See, a change is happening all across our country, but we need to start allowing God's word to change us because in 2 Chronicles, he tells us that if my people, he's talking about his children, my people who are called by my name, but see, there's something that has to happen. He calls us to repent and turn away from our sin. Guys, it's not good enough to get quantity out of the Bible. It is quality. It is about allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you. I just read verses 3 through 5, and it made me think of Proverbs. I went back to Proverbs 19.21, and it says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Remember that, guys, that we have all kinds of these plans. It's, I've heard it over the years many times, and it says, you want to hear God laugh? Tell him your plans. Because you officially have no control over the things that are going to happen. That's where we put our trust in the Lord, and we put our trust in his kindness and his forgiveness. We have to start allowing God's word to change our life, to change our mindset, to change our direction, to change our purpose, to change our forgiveness, to change our love, to change our relationships, to change our conversations. Guys, it is not enough just to read it. You have to meditate on it. You have to swallow it, digest it, allow it to become all of you. To seek after God's purpose and what he has for us. In verse 6 it says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I want you to look at the first part of that verse. It says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. I believe that it's aimed towards his children because he puts his light inside of us and he commands us to shine his light in darkness. He commands us to shine his light in darkness. Because that's no mistake. He's commanding his light to be shown in the darkness because he has shined in our hearts to give the light and the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It's not our glory. It's not our salvation, but it's all because of what he has done for us. Not your plans, but his. If you're saying there this morning, is he really talking to me? I've never really said no to anything. Has anybody ever asked you to serve in the church? And you said, that's not really my thing. 
Have you ever felt that tugging to go up and get on your knees at the altar on a Sunday, but you said, no, not right now? See, I'm a man that stood for three years, God calling me to be baptized, and I said, now's not the time. I believed in God. But I wasn't being obedient to God's purpose on my life. I was telling God no. And if you're standing there, if you're telling God no, have you ever really said yes? Guys, these are tough questions to ask, but I don't want you to fall on the judgment and not be prepared. See, I believe today, right now, it's happening before our eyes. And now that we're not made to meet together, now that we're not made to open up our Bible on Sunday, now that we're not made to listen to a sermon, now that we're not made to attend Bible studies, that we're not doing any of that. But see, before all this ever even happened, God knew your heart and He knew the real reason why you were in church to start with. He knows whether you're sitting there crying out to Him, seeking His Word and radical change on your life, or if you're just there because you have to be. So you're not fooling anybody. You're not fooling God. You're not teasing Him. You're rubbing His face saying, I'm going, but I'm not listening. I'm not getting anything out of it. You're not changing me. See, that's the problem, guys. That's where our churches have become lackadaisical. That's where our pews are full, but our hearts are empty. Guys, I hope when this is all over that God has put a desire in your heart to serve with brothers and sisters sitting beside you, that we're no longer just sitting beside each other in pews, but we're knitted by heart and covered by the same love. That we realize that physical presence is great, but we can be united in the spirit also. That this church is just a building, but it's God's words that binds everybody together. God wants to see his children together together. I'm not discrediting what the church does or what it stands for. But he wants you to come seeking wholeheartedly, not just to fill a few spot. That's what I'm saying. If our desire is not increasing in the Lord, then guess what? You're headed in the opposite direction. My grandpa, being a businessman, started the hardware store in the 50s sometime, and I grew up in it. And his thought was, if you're not growing, you're dying. He said there is no middle ground. You can't stay neutral. That if you're not moving forward, then you're moving backwards. And so I'll ask you the question this morning, and I wrote it down because it rung in my heart as God spoke to me. And what I wrote on Tuesday, it says, Have you went so far in a relationship with God that you have room to backslide and move backwards away from? Have you went that far? Did you have that great of a relationship where that you feel that you have room to turn back to sin and different idols, that it doesn't matter? I can rest assured that it matters. 
that you're not that good, that you were never that close. That if you start striving to move backwards, backwards you'll go. But we have to start being a church that is alive, just like a Savior that we serve is alive and sitting on the right hand of the Father. So many churches across this country are dead churches. The pews may be full, but the hearts are empty. And see, that's the problem. Our hearts should be filled with joy and wisdom and the words of God like He calls us to be, but they're not. Because we're not allowing God's word to change us. We want to stand up here and, and be celebrated for accepting Christ. And, and we want to make a big deal out of those things. And it's great when it's a heart condition. But you can say anything that you want to. But until you believe it with your heart, it doesn't matter. See, you can say, I've read the Bible 30 times. And there's nothing else left in there for me. But you would be absolutely wrong. See, you can say that I've read the Bible and I don't understand it. But if you read it with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit asking me to guide you and to teach you. See, I would say that most of the time when we read or we're on a study plan, that we read because we have to, not because it's our heart's desire. When you check that box because I've read those segments for the day and tomorrow I can move on to the next, did you write it on your heart? Are you going to meditate it for the rest of the day? Are you going to talk about it? Are you going to mull it over? Are you going to think about it? Or did you just check a box? See, I think it's great to read the Bible. Don't misconstrue what I'm saying. But there's a difference between reading it and ingesting it. There's a difference than just knowing God or allowing God to be your life. God's children have stayed in His shadow but not walked after Him if He went somewhere. They're not truly seeking Him. They seek Him on certain days and they walk away from Him on certain days. Starting in verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency and the power may be of God and not of us. Who are you relying on? See, I'm going to read this next set of scriptures and I'm going to read this first as the world would read it. And I want you to know this is not what the Bible says, but this is how I believe that the world would read the said scriptures. It says, We are troubled. We are perplexed. Persecuted. Cast down. Now I want you to understand that I believe that that's how the world would read those scriptures. But I want to tell you right now, and I want to read God's word to you. This is what the Bible says. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. That's what happens when you have the hope of Christ. 
That's what happens when you allow the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of you. That's the change that has to take place. Why? Because you know what God's Word says. You've meditated on it. You've studied it. You've ingested it. You've allowed it to control your life, and you've not made decisions on your own. Guys, that's the difference. That's the difference that I'm talking about Besides when it's talking about the Proverbs that I read earlier, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. We have to know the difference. We've got to be start being a church that is seeking after God. We have to be the church that's not just standing outside of the door, but knocking on it. Wholeheartedly seeking, not just showing up on Sunday. See, guys... I hate these messages like this because they are tough. And some people are going to be mad at me for saying these words, but it's truth. We have to start being a church that loves God, not just filling up space, not just filling up time. Because, see, if you come here for an hour on Sunday and all you can think about is what you're going to grill afterwards, stay home. You might as well just stay home. Because your heart's not in it. Your mind's not in it. We need to be a people seeking after God and what He would have for us. Verse 10, it says, Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body. They want people to know the joy and the hope that Jesus Christ gave us. To manifest in your body. That means to change your actions. To change that look about you. That people can look at you and know what you stand for. That people can talk to you and through your conversation they know that you're a man or a woman of God. That you're a child of the because of the way you talk, because of the way you stand, for the things you stand for, for the things you stand against, for the way you treat people, for the way you forgive people, for the way that we show love to people. See, John 13, 35 says that they will know you are my disciples by the love that you have for one another. You have to allow God's word to officially change everything about your life, and it's a growth process. I'm not saying that I am perfect every day, but I strive to be better. I strive to walk in the presence of the Lord daily. I strive to say the things that God would have me to say and leave the rest out. Because, see, the world pulls on us, and it wants us to tell dirty jokes, and it wants us to cuss, and it wants us to talk about unholy, unrighteous things, things that don't matter. But what God would have for us, he says, speak to one another in psalms and in hymns, and talking about me and the things that I have for you, the hope and the glory that you find in Christ Jesus. Verse 12 says something, the death worketh in us, but life in you, the apostles. The apostles gave their lives to the ministry. That's what they're talking about. We are sacrificing our life that you might have life everlasting. 
Because we're telling you about the truth, the good news gospel, that we're dedicating everything that we have, all of our resources, every breath we take, we're walking towards the kingdom of God because we're spreading the news like Jesus Christ commanded us to. That's what they're saying by death working in us, but life in you. Because, see, we have the opportunity to speak everlasting life into people. See, back earlier when I said in verse 3, but if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. So I'm asking you today as a church, as a church family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, that you would lay down your life for God. That you would spread the good news to give life to other people. To give your breath up. To give your conversation up. To have a conversation that might give life everlasting. That might tell someone who's never known about Christ. See, I'm calling out the children of God today. That you would allow the word to change you. That you would read it not for quantity, but for quality. That you would spend your time with not how many words you can say in prayer, but how long you'll stay there to hear God talk to you. These are the differences that I'm talking about. Verse 13, it says, We have in the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Guys, I want to be a part of that glorified group. I want to be a part of the people presented before God that Jesus Christ steps in and intercedes and said, this is mine. He accepted me. I had a relationship with him and that relationship was good. He knew me, and I knew him. We spent hours walking together, years walking together, days walking together, and when he got lost, he sought after me with his whole heart. See, when we look about God and, and David, he said that David was a man after his own heart. It wasn't the fact that David was perfect, but David sought after godly things. David sought after God's wisdom and God's advice and, and most everything that he did. In verse 15, it says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might throughout, through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Here comes the excuse part, and I want you to listen to this. Because we have to remember that it's not your energy, it's God's energy. We have to remember that it's not your strength, it's God's strength. We have to remember that it's not your mouth, it's God's mouth. We have to remember that it's not your talent, it's God's talent. So whenever you say, I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, I'm not smart enough, I don't know how to do that, you're relying on your own strengths and not God's. And see, that's where he wants us to get to. When we step out of our realm and into his. I'll tell you about a pastor I know that's dyslexic, but when he gets into God's word, and when he starts preaching the word, he can read this Bible just fine. Not his power, God's power. 
That's what I'm talking about. There's no more excuses left if you dwell in the Word. Starting in verse 16, it says, For which cause we thank not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The inward man is the Holy Spirit inside of us. We're effectually allowing Him to change us, to give us strength, to give us talents, to give us ability that we never had on our own. Why? Because it's not about us. It's about Him and His glory and His kingdom. Because without Him, I am nothing. See, without Him, these words that I'm saying today fall flat, but through the Holy Spirit and God's good grace, He has decided to use me. Not on my own strength, guys. I wouldn't choose to be up here. But all of us have a purpose, and none less than the other. If God calls you to something, you go. You don't doubt your own abilities because that's not what you're relying on. You don't doubt your own strength because that's not who you're relying on. You don't doubt your own talent because that's not who you're relying on. See, God's children say yes and rely on God to figure out the rest. See, I don't have great wisdom in the Bible. I'm not a theologian, but God shows me things that he wants me to say. I, for the first time, read through the Bible last year. It took me forever. felt like I was never going to get done. And then I realized it's not the quantity. It's the quality. See, time spent with God is never wasted. But He desires a true, intimate relationship with us, not us just walking to the door. He wants us to knock. He doesn't want us to just seek Him. He says, seek me wholeheartedly. See, our salvation is not a lousy contract that we keep God bound to. Our salvation is a relationship with the resurrected Christ and the Father who dwells in the kingdom above. Sorry, I pulled pages. I'm going to start back in 16. It says, For which cause we faith not? But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light afflictions, which is not but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Guys, this is a word of promise today. This is a word of promise that if you have a relationship with God and a resurrected Savior, that everything is going to be good. But we have to allow effectual change. Not just in one part of our life, but every part of our life. Not just on Sunday, but every day. Not just on Christian holidays, but the rest of the year. And all the seasons, not just in conversations with people we don't know, but in conversations with people we know. Not just the way we sing, but how we sing and why we're singing. Not just because we just want to read the Bible so that we can say we've read it, but that we want to graft it into our hearts, that we want to digest it, that we want to meditate on it, that we want God's Word to change us. 
that we want a church and a group of brothers and sisters gathered together where the Holy Spirit flows out into the streets. That everybody that is gathered here is seeking and desiring the Lord in a way that He's smiling down on us. Not out of obligation, but because you have that desire inside of you. Not because you want to check a box, a list of things to do today, but because you want it to be your day, that you want it to change your day, that you pray for healing, knowing that there's healing to come. See, we have to stop allowing the world to change us and start allowing God's Word to change us. It's not enough to just read it. Allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in you today. Allow the Holy Spirit to teach it to you today that you can remember it, that you can memorize it, that you can walk, and that you can talk, and that you can sing life everlasting, that your conversations wouldn't be void, that you're not reliant on the things that you can see, but you're reliant on the things that are unseen. Because just like it said, the things that are seen are all temporal. But the things that are unseen are life everlasting. Guys, today, more than ever, it's more important now than it ever has been for our people, for God's children, to dig in and get inspired by His Word. Because there's a whole darkness out there that God has commanded us to shine His light into. And if we don't have His light in us, then we can't shine it out. It's not a work, it's a joy. See, I want to talk about God. I want to see people light up that's received the Spirit through, through Christ's sacrifice. If you've ever helped lead anybody to God, it's a, it's a life-changing experience. To see somebody receive that hope, that joy, it's life-changing. So if you would, we're going to dismiss our word for everyone who would be back here. Gracious Heavenly Father, God, I pray that today lives would be changed. God, I pray that starting now, we would have a desire inside of us, Lord, to not just read your word, but to live it out. God, that we would allow you through the Holy Spirit to write things in our hearts that would help change the lives of not just us, but the lives of people around us. God, too often we forget how powerful you are. God, too often we rely on our own strength, our own talents, our own abilities. God, when you call us to rely on yours, but without your word, I wouldn't know that, Lord. God, I pray that you put a burning desire in the lost today. That I might start looking for something to fill that void. And God, I pray that you put a burning desire inside of your children that they might explain to the lost what they're missing. God, that we would stop looking for quantity and that we would start looking for quality. It's not about how many words we can say or verses that we can repeat. God, if we don't allow it to change us. God, I pray that
praying that today the country would forever be changed going forward. God, I pray that today that your children would have a desire put inside of them, Lord, that would burn so hot that it wouldn't matter what the world is doing, God, that you would forever have them seek after you. God, help us grow in your word. Help us desire to be in your presence, God. Fill our weaknesses. And God, I pray for the lost. God, there is still time right now as we breathe that they have the chance and the opportunity to accept Christ as Savior. And I want each of them to know that there's no amount of things that they've done in the past that God can't overcome. That you're not out of this reach, that you're not too far down, that you're too dark, that you can't see any light because His light is made to shine in the darkness. God, I pray for God's children to wake up to desire you to knock on the doors, to seek wholeheartedly. God, that today would be the day of change. In Jesus' name, I pray.